welcome to The Beauty Formula, where we go behind the scenes with skincare formulators and beauty innovators. Here, you will get an intimate look into their personal journey to success and their beauty formulations from inception to creation. Today, we will be discussing how men are revolutionizing the aesthetics industry with Brian Bernier. And the bad thing about men is that they don't talk a lot about their procedures and they obviously don't want their before and after to be posted on Instagram. But a lot of times some of the most transformational filler or just procedures um, are on men. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's too bad that that's not visualized more in social media and on websites. But I think men just are going to take a little bit longer to get to where women were in the 90s and the early 2000s by being okay with with tweakments. Right. Yeah, because I don't want their before and after shown because I don't want people to think they had anything done because it's still considered kind of like taboo. I mean, eventually when all these millennials are in their 40s and 50s and have no wrinkles, I mean, you're going to know they're doing something. Right. Well, when the 22-year-old I'm talking about is 40, I mean, everyone's just going to be like, where do you go? Yeah. (laughs) And no one's going to care. Yes. I remember you you were telling me that I mean, this is like five years ago, whenever it was. Like when we first met, you were telling me that your friends were getting Botox done. That yeah. were like, and you were shocked, I think. I was like, why? Yeah. But <laughs> n- I mean, now I get it more, but I was just like super surprised that like early 30s, late 20s guys were getting mm-hmm. Botox done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I still was under the impression that men thought it was just like taboo. And yeah. I was, it was interesting. It is until they get it. It's taboo to them until they get it. Well, and I'm just surprised that they even knew to do it, I guess. Yeah. And I often think it's it's maybe because I'm in the industry that people will ask me about stuff, but it does come up in conversation with men. I'm not going to say when like the football game's on or you're at the gym, Yeah, but absolutely when you're out and about and, and you're talking and you're out to dinner, it does come up because you're at that age and everyone's aging obviously at a different pace but when you're in your 30s you start to see things that remind you of your parents yes yes (laughs) yes yes. um you know whether it's your thinning lips or your different age spots like those things start to come up in your 30s and so they start to come up in conversation for sure yeah no definitely and the other area i'm surprised hasn't taken off as much but i think will is like body contouring for sure because yeah. I feel like it's the same type of thing. Like men don't know about it as like it exists as much. Um, but I feel like even that more than like fillers and Botox, if it gets brought up mm-hmm. like in in front of men, then later they'll come back to me and be like, what was that thing that you said? Like yeah. permanently reduces the fat. Yeah. So body contouring, if you, so we did a survey um, and it was the what what is the number one cosmetic issue that you feel um, for men for men and women? And the answer was unwanted fat. Now it could have been unwanted belly fat, unwanted arm fat, wherever it is, but that actually exceeded wrinkles. It exceeded everything that um, you see maybe a lot of commercials about skincare. Um, unwanted fat was actually the number one cosmetic issue for patients in 2020. Do you think that's because there's like a more well-known fix for wrinkles and stuff? That could be. I I think it's obviously the time that we live in the world and America and we're, you know, a a larger society. But I think 
it's also people that try so hard to eat healthy and mm-hmm. does everything right. Mm-hmm. But and, and Austin, I think, is a great city for that kind of treatment because you do have a lot of young people that are healthy, that are fit, that do everything right, and they have that stubborn roll around you know their belly or on their hips or on their arms. And I think that is frustrating for for people that spend so much time working yeah, out and a it's a google googleable mm-hmm. um type of type of thing i think you're right everything knows everyone knows that wrinkles can be uh treated with botox and correct right. skincare and lasers that, that actually makes a lot of sense you're right and if, i mean it's like a lot more work you know so right. i mean if you're like fit and you're going to the gym and you're doing this stuff and you still can't get rid of the fat it's like incredibly frustrating yeah, I think talking about um, thinking about things are taboo. Liposuction, I think, still really taboo. Whereas mm-hmm. body contouring, right. just the fact that it's it's you don't have to go under. Um, there's no downtime. You can work out the same day. That taboo is kind of lessened and actually not even there versus lipo. Right, and I also feel like body contouring kind of got a bad like rep for a while because like you know, the original ones that had come out in like the early 2000s didn't work. You know, a lot of it was like Zerona. Is that around? Can I say that? I don't even know that. You don't Zerona. know Zerona? No, oh my gosh. gosh. Zerona is crazy. Yes. He was like lay on the thing and it was like these lights that like went around like a oh, show. Really? I think, I think I can say that because I think it's gone now. I've never heard of it. So it probably is. Yeah. I mean, I remember even like five years ago or something, I saw him at a like an aesthetic show type thing. And I was like, you are still around? Like, (laughs) no way someone's buying this. But it didn't work. And like, you had to do 12 sessions three times a week and take these pills, wear these garments. And you know- Do three hops and say that. (laughs) exactly. And it's like, well, if you didn't do the Zorona and you took the pills and you wore the compression garments and you were trying to eat this way, like, was there going to be any difference? And I mean, I was like trying to like- do my, you know, <laughs> do it on some people and just say, but, you know, and then there was a lot of like the radio frequency, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so a lot of it worked and looked good on paper, but it didn't really work. And yeah. I feel like nothing really worked until cool sculpting came out that permanently and all of those things, you know, even if they did work were temporary, mm-hmm. very temporary. And so I feel like when something came out that was permanent, fat reduction and then it actually worked that it was kind of like took it to the next level but anyone that was kind of like dabbling and whether they should do it had done the early stuff yeah and it didn't work i mean i i I had done zorona i mean i didn't do the full treatment like i was supposed to but i was like i mean i didn't think it worked yeah i did and i did it at the very end i was like this doesn't work i don't want to do this anymore on people but when cool sculpting first came out i was like yeah i'll be a model and i think they did like I don't even remember, like one, one love handle. Like they did one of something. And probably took like 45 minutes. Oh yeah. I think, yeah, it was even more than that. It was like an hour and it was like, I have Raynards or whatever. So like, it was like burning, like on fire afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, so anyways, I didn't really think about it. And then like, I don't know, six months later, I was like, could tell that, it was gone, and then I still mm. had the other ones. So then I had to like do <laughs> well, the other side. Well, it worked. 
Exactly. I was like, well, I didn't, and I just like, we just like threw it on too. And so like, it wasn't even like even, it wasn't because I was expecting it not to work. Yeah. And it was like, took several cool sculptings after that to like fix it. But, (laughs) but I mean, I was even surprised being in the industry, you know, how much it worked Mm -hmm. and stuff. And there really hasn't been anything like that that competes with it. I mean, there's definitely a heat-based technology. But does that work? I don't. I think so. I think I think fat can be frozen. It can be heated, and it can be surgically removed. Right. Um, and I think they all work. But there's different problems with each. There's different um, but treatment so the, times. But the heated for each. is it permanently killing the fat cell? I don't know. No. No. I don't, th- I don't okay. think so. I mean, I, I have been told that the only way you can kill a fat cell is to remove it or to freeze it. Okay. But I feel like the heat-based ones now are more aimed at like um, like toning, like muscle type. Is that right? I don't know. What's like the, um, what's that big one that just came out? Cool Tone M-Sculpt. M-Sculpt. What's that? Is that heating? That's heat, I think. Yeah. See, I feel like that's aimed at like toning, but it's still one of those things you're supposed to do a lot of sessions of yep. it. And, you know, it, it's not like the before and afters of cool sculpting. No. Uh-uh. Where it's very evident very it works. Yeah. Yes. It's more of like uh do I feel do I feel more toned? Yes. Cool tone. Yes. Cool tone, yeah. Yes. And so okay. All right, so we talked about body contouring, and then you I can, went. Yeah, sorry. No, no. What you I was going to say, you can probably take. I don't know a lot about this, the heat stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, I'm probably just jaded too because the heat yeah. stuff is kind of on the same it wave as me. like the pre, the pre cool sculpting stuff that didn't work. Okay. And trying to uh, compete with us. Yeah. Well, and then like all the first ones, it's like you had to get to the skin to like a certain temperature and like keep yeah. it there for a certain amount of time, and then. You know, it like again, like the technology looks good on paper, but the results just never match the technology. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's how radio radio frequency is and like stuff in a lot of areas of aesthetics. Like, you know, even with like the facial stuff and like it looks really good on paper. Mm-hmm. And like the technology looks like it's gonna be very promising, but the actual results for patients or, you know, personal treatments just never seem to like match up. I think cellulite was like that. There's been cellulite yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, modalities. They've tried to add different types of lasers, right. laser hair removals, tattoo removals, and they're not bringing anything new to the market. Maybe they're just advertising differently, but it's not a new technology. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think I feel like cellulite's one of the biggest ones oh, I yeah. get asked about. And I feel like cellulite stretch marks is like two areas where there's like nothing that's like a for sure bet for somebody. I mean, there's, I think there's technologies that work for certain people, like very specific stuff. But I mean, I feel like for cellulite, I mean, there's maybe a couple things that are going to help it. I've heard there's a new one that just came out, but anyway, I think it's called. Yeah. But I mean, it's just one of those areas that everybody wants to get rid of it. And mm-hmm. there's just nothing great out there. Same with like stretch marks. Like, I mean, you can like laser the crap out of them, but, and for years and make, get some improvement. But I mean, it's like that skin is now it's, yeah, not intact. Yep. <laughs> and trust me, I have some, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. 
So wrapping up, what do you think is going, well, we'll go two ways. So what do you think is going to be in the future of aesthetics in general and then specifically like male aesthetics? So aesthetics in general, I think minimally invasive all the way until you can't um, provide a natural result without a facelift. Okay, wait, so hold on. I got a question about this before I forget. Yeah. So I've... I completely agree. And I've thought the same thing for a long time. But so do you think that like plastic surgeons and like surgery is going to decrease because of all of the non-invasive options available? No. Right. I don't, I I agree with that. I think plastic surgeons, there's so many things. I mean, we, we talked a lot about minimally invasive cosmetic lasers. Those are all usually doesn't have to do anything with a plastic Mm -hmm. surgeon. Um, Whereas, I think there's so much room to grow in the surgical space, um, but it's just patients may not need that until a little bit farther down the road, or they might try something on like lip filler or a chin filler before getting an actual implant. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's gonna go down. I just think you're gonna see a bunch of different people trying things first before they need to or want to go under the knife. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I also feel like it's also becoming less stigmatized, you yes. know, to get plastic surgery. And obviously it's, there's body stuff like mm-hmm. breast implants and, you know, things that you can't get. Obviously there's no non-invasive technology for it. That's an interesting point. You think there will be? For okay. like, like non-invasive like facelift or? No, like breast implants or like implants. I don't know about, I think. I would be think- a good idea. We well, should do yeah. it, Brian. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Oh, man, that would not get approved. <laughs> and let's do a little t- tiny pinhole and just like <laughs> stuff in. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, sorry, I, going on. So future of aesthetics, you think that non-invasive is going to increase? Yeah, yes. I think um, men and women are going to be looking, especially in the next year or two, once the world opens again, which I feel like we've said every few months, mm-hmm. Um, looking to really restore whatever volume they feel like they've lost in their face. Um, Hopefully we're not wearing masks anymore. Um, People are going to want to feel as confident as possible going back into the world. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, still with plastic surgeons, um, their typical techniques include obviously incisions and, and downtime up to two, three, four weeks. So I don't think a lot of people are going to want to, they've already spent two years inside. I don't think people are going to want long downtimes and recovery. So people are Googling and and trying to search for things that are quick, not quick fixes, but quick enhancements, quick, uh, uh, a quick Botox appointment takes 20 minutes and you have results for three to four months, Mm -hmm. uh, a body contouring, um, consult takes a half hour and you don't have to purchase it. You can think about it. So I think the future of aesthetics is quick tweakments, minimally invasive uh, techniques to get a really good result lasting a few years. Yeah. What do you think is going to be the big area in male aesthetics that are going to see the most growth? I think fillers probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Men start losing a little bit of their cheek prominence, which um, unfortunately allows your cheeks to sag and the jawline um, becomes 
not as crisp. And that really is the first thing that men kind of see as they age. So maybe cheek, a little cheek filler. And when you say filler, a lot of people thinks it, think it's filling. It doesn't have to. It can just tack up the skin. Right. So I don't like to say filler sometimes, especially when you're talking to men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just tacking of the skin. It's gluing it's it up there. It's going to make them round or yes, something. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't want puffy cheeks. Well, yeah. It's a really hard, almost um, cement-like gel when you're using the appropriate filler to tack up that skin. So it's not filling, it's just tacking that up. Um, so I think filler, once companies can get through that stigma, I think filler will um, go off the charts for men. And I think Botox will continue to um, to be more common too. I was gonna ask you this earlier too. So you were saying like a, there's gonna be a bunch of new fillers and stuff that's already like in Europe coming this way, mm-hmm. most likely. Probably are, from Europe that are already around. Right. Are they are there like any good ones you've seen? Like like what's making it good? Like is it like a longer longevity or is it just a different one that injectors would know the difference? When injectors are asked what their most um the best traits of a filler are. They'll say the duration, which mm-hmm. is how long, obviously, the filler stays in the skin. And then secondly, how smooth it is. They don't want things to look clumpy, bumpy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You want youthful skin to look youthful, which means smooth. So sm- you're going to see longer lasting fillers that as long as they last, look smooth as well. So I'm sure you'll see fillers in the next five to 10 years that are three to five five years duration, oh, okay. um, you'll see more hard fillers that will go on bone to restore some of that bone loss, like that table we were talking about um, in the jaw, in the nose. Now, these might be off-label now, meaning the FDA hasn't approved them, but they're definitely going to come with that approval in the next few years. From what you've seen, are they all HA, like hyaluronic acid-based, or is there some like outliers? I think most of them are HA based because it's the safest. Right. You can HA meaning hyaluronic acid. You can dissolve it. Um, it moves really well in the skin. It's a natural sugar that is found in the skin. So that's it's safe. So uh, basically, all of the ones on the market right now are HA based except for Radius. Yes, there, there's. I'd say like ninety percent of them are HA based. There's a few that aren't, but some of them are escaping me now. But most of them are. So all the ones coming you think are too? I think so because uh, it's it's a win-win. It's right. dissolvable. No, It's very safe. It's effective. And I think too, I think it's great to have a filler last two to three years or Botox only last three to four months because you do age in those two to three years. So you don't right. want the filler the same place where it looked good two years ago. That's a very good point. You're going to yeah. be aging. Your face is going to be falling. So let's let's uh, put it a little bit higher, put it in right. a different place to get a different result. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. All right, so last question. What's in the future for you personally? Are you going to stay in the aesthetics industry? Are you going to ride it out? I am. I think good. it's a really fun engage it's it's a fun industry uh especially in the last few years um when that taboo has kind of come down mm-hmm. um but it's competitive i like it it's always different i am ready for more technologies to come out mm-hmm. um i love i love all the clinical side of the lasers coming out the new neurotoxins coming out the fillers coming out i think it is so cool to work in an industry that you can Literally, in 
educate providers on how to give an amazing results to patients for under a thousand dollars. I think yeah. that's, I mean, whether it's skincare, whether it's injectables for a provider and for me to work in an industry with providers that can give patients amazing solutions for under a thousand dollars is, is what I think the world's going to be after, after the pandemic is over. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick, stick it out for sure. All right. Well, good. Well, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for tuning into the beauty formula. Follow us at the Beauty Formula Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. And tune in next week for more insights on influential beauty innovation.